Welcome back to the Northeast Newscast. On this week's episode, I'm joined by Eric Rizel, co-owner of PH Coffee at 2200 Lexington Avenue in Pendleton Heights. PH Coffee, which opened in October of 2019, has become a hub of activity, art, and community. This episode of the Northeast Newscast was made possible by Shemeika's Online Market in Delhi and Seaburg Mufflers. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for joining me today. How are you? Thank you for having me. I'm great. How are you? Great. So, opening PH... In 2019, obviously you had no idea to see the pandemic coming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But nearly, you know, two and a half years later, you're still there, you're thriving. What's that been like? Um, it's been interesting. Um, it's fun to have said that we've gone through something that's world changing and we're still, where we have survived it. But obviously when you go into a space that you think is going to be one, one, one way, and then the world turns upside down within like two months or three months, however long we opened. It's been challenging, but also riveting at the same time, so. Why did you choose that location? So at the time, I was a part of a company that we were uh, rehabbing houses in the area. Okay. It was kind of the idea of like, how cool it would be taking something that's not being used or vacant or abandoned um, and redo it so that some a family could move into it. So that was the idea for the houses that we were rehabbing at the time. One of my business partners, uh, co-owner of uh, PH Coffee, Addison Bliss, he knew Lee Berman, who ended up purchasing the building that PH Coffee is now in. And so we were in between houses and it was a situation where it was like, well, we've not done commercial work, but we can get all the licenses to do it. So we did it. And so we just went into it like, let's restore what was a beautiful building back to original building. Uh, When we got into it, so we were the quote unquote remodelers for that space. Um, And basically the storefront, I don't know if you remember, but three years ago, basically the storefront was caving in on itself. And it was one of the situations where it was like, well, we can use our skill set to, to fix it. So we did, we fixed it. And then in the midst of fixing it up and doing what needed to be done, someone asked Lee the question, like, what are you putting in? And somehow it became, we're putting in a coffee shop. So there was this like, okay, uh, I guess we're putting in a coffee shop. This should be fun. But at that point, once we recognized that we had an opportunity to do that, because there's, as you know, there's, there was at the time nothing uh, commercial east no what is that north of independence um so we had an opportunity to put something in that we thought the neighborhood would enjoy so then we started getting more and more involved in the neighborhood association just to ask questions and see if it if it made sense to put in a coffee shop lo and behold we did not know um split log was putting in a coffee shop at the exact same time <laughs> we found out in like the midst of like six months into our project And we're like, cool, so not only are we going in, but they're going in, so let's race to see who can finish first. (laughs) And so basically that's how PH became PH. It was an idea that someone said that we just took off with it. You know, I've heard a lot of the realtors in the area joke that, you know, neighborhoods made it when they have two or three trendy coffee shops. And, you know, not that I would call PH or Split Log or Elias trendy, but they're popular. They yeah. draw people to the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of realtors, especially in Pendleton Heights, are saying, we've made it. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's, it's so fun, because being in the rehab and the real estate world, to see listings and they'll put either split log or put PH, and they'll say it like, you're within walking distance within P, and it's fun because 
you're excited to see what you did or have done for the neighborhood is coming across in multiple people you don't even know using, using your space or highlighting your space. It's really fun. So before this idea of a coffee shop, you know, came about, did you have any experience working in coffee? Uh, not coffee. Like I have a background in like restaurants and like I went to culinary school, did a bunch of restaurant gigs. Um, and that's, so when we, when we opened up coffee, there was four partners. Uh, there's myself, there's Addison Bliss, uh, Jared Donaldson, Alex Merrill. So Alex Merrill uh, owns Hammerhand Coffee and Liberty. So he was that missing piece. And then Jared Donaldson also had coffee experience. So Addison and I were like, high five, we found the people. And it, it worked, we, we opened the shop, they ran it. Um, and then the pandemic hit <laughs> and everything went crazy. But that's kind of how we started the coffee shop was basically figuring out what we don't know and then who do we know that has that skill set. Um, so it's definitely like a melting pot of like trades and like knowledge to get that thing up and running. That's great. I feel like so many successful things in Northeast are collaborative efforts, you mm -hmm. know, community based, like how can we solve this problem? Yeah. And the problem was lack of caffeine. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was no, funny because um, it was one of those things where we truly asked ourselves that question of like, well, why would we put it in a coffee shop? Because there's one thing that you have to, at least we were very careful of. And then we, we kind of got blasted for it too, is this word called gentrification, which I get it to a certain degree, but we were taking a building that was previously vacant and the, the building owner wanted to put something in and the idea of a coffee shop or a community space really hit home to us, not only because we were rehabbing in the area, but we also knew so many residents. And we quite literally had so many conversations outside of ourselves of like, hey, if we put this in place, what would you look for? Uh, and that's, P I don't know if you remember that, but PH Coffee, when it opened in October 2019, we had a kid space. And that kid space, I loved it, because I just, what is it, Rory was like a year old at that time. Um, and it was one of those things of like, if we put in a coffee shop, it can't just be a coffee shop. It has to be something where the community can use and the community can like thrive in and like have those conversations like, hey, meet me at the coffee shop, we'll have a conversation. Um, so that was, it's funny looking back on it, that was basically the driving force was like, we knew it would be hard just to put a coffee shop unless you had the community as like a backbone of it. And now, PH has turned into this kind of anchor of, you know, art garden. We've seen Kansas City Design Center host their visioning study meetings there. Mm -hmm. um, the Neighborhood Association yeah. uses it. It's so much more than a place to go get coffee. Mm -hmm. I've, I've had interviews there. I know people listening to this podcast will be like, oh, yeah, I remember sitting down with you and chatting about whatever was going on in the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. um, let's talk a little about art garden. Yeah. That was another kind of organic thing that grew out of the community yeah. and kind of COVID as well. They are epic. Uh, I can tell you like, my gosh, it was so, so there's multiple individuals that could be attributed to the success of our garden. And it's all like local people that have a passion for art and like commerce and like just want to do something that's fun, but also supports people. And so it was really cool. Man, I don't, was it last year? Let's say last year. For the, I can't remember the dates, but I remember when Art Garden first started and they were using the lot across the street. Um, and it was one of those things where I think the first weekend, I don't know, maybe they had six vendors and they approached me and they were like, hey, like, would you mind like giving us a discount for the vendors? Like, I was like, sure, why not? It'd be fun. 
And so the six vendors turned into like, I don't know, like a double the next week. And they had their setbacks. I mean, there's definitely some times where I remember looking across and it was just like pouring on them in the rain. I'm like, oh no. Uh, and then my the space at, at the time, we didn't have the social gallery. So I couldn't really have them go in the social gallery. I was like, ah, you can hopefully store your stuff. Um, but it's been really cool. Like in October last year, they had this huge, so they had two, the neighborhood association had this huge block party and the art garden had one a month later and both were well attended. But the excitement was the levels of excitement were almost through the roof when it was organic art garden, like crazy party. Um, so it's been really fun to watch them just completely grow. And I'm really excited for this year. So up, upcoming, obviously it's the April 1st weekend. I think it's April 3rd is when art garden will be there. So now it's, now it just integrated. So where PH coffee is trying to do like community events, like focus community events for the first weekend of every month. And we knew that we couldn't just do one day. We had to do like a Friday, Saturday, Sunday because you can't have a community-centered event in Pendleton Heights without the art garden. And so that's what we kind of rolled into. Like we can host things Friday and Saturday and then just the natural rhythm of back and forth for having the art garden across the street from us and then PH there. But I love, it's just been fun. I love everything about the art garden. Just walking around on those Sundays and talking to all the different artists. You know, I've met people who have come as far as Lawrence. Yeah. You know, and they're spending money in our neighborhoods. They're yeah. drinking our coffee. They're looking at our houses. Mm -hmm. It's so cool to see how far that reach has gotten, especially yeah. like we were talking a few minutes ago about how some people don't know that Northeast exists. And then yeah. you have some somebody from Lawrence, Kansas. It's like, let's go to this art festival in Pendleton Heights. Yeah. I think that's so awesome. Yeah, I remember exactly what you're saying. I remember when I was telling people at the coffee shop or telling them about a, re a rehab project I was doing, they would be like, Pendleton, what? Where's, where's that at? I'm like, oh, it's just literally over here in a little corner. And if you look at a map, it's a little corner. And then once you get back there, it's a fun little place. There's so many things to do. Re rephrase. There weren't too many things to do a couple of years ago, but now with like this organic kind of like, how do we make things work? It's really fun to see art garden drop in people. And then it's really fun just to watch things spin off from the art garden too. So yeah, it's, it's incredible. And so last year at some point you opened the social gallery, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. How has that kind of added to the programming and stuff that PH offers? Yeah, so the social gallery was one of those situations where, so we had just leased out the coffee side uh, but there's an open area in the back, obviously, that leads to the social gallery. And so for a while there, uh, the guys were renting it out to someone else. It came to a point that the last tenant was a guy named Nick uh, Hinckley of FMK Agency. And we just struck like a conversation and like he wanted to create kind of like this community, like yoga, this community art room, like just, just a place where like the community could meet and just naturally have things happen. And so the more and more he talked to us, the more and more I'm like, hey, I think you should maybe be a part of the ownership group and make this work. So that's kind of how we folded in the social gallery because it was Nick's idea in the beginning. We got him on board with the PH Coffee crew. And now, so now PH Coffee is that entire thing, right? And so what's been fun about the social gallery is we've done pop-ups before. We've done like pop-ups in October and December, but we also, love the fact that it kind of like naturally flows into ph coffee like it's almost one of those hidden gems if you walk into the coffee shop and you're like looking for a seat you can't find it so you naturally just look around and you're like oh my god it's an extra seat uh or if you're doing like a business phone call like you can go in the corner and rock it out 
Um, but that's how the social gallery became uh, a part of PH Coffee is basically because we <laughs> invited Nick to join the group. So it's been kind of fun since then. And then also you've hosted another local business, Stag Pizza, yeah. in that space. Yeah. So we're all about like trying ideas. Man, Josh Epperell, who's in the neighborhood, just has an amazing concept in Stag Pizza. And he, he approached us and he was like, listen, like it's winter time. Food trucks aren't quite doing food truck things. It's cold. And it was like, did I put my trailer in the back? He's like, well, we can try. Let's go for it. <laughs> if it's just perfectly it, back oh, there. Oh, man. He, he definitely is an art when it comes to backing in and out trailers. Um, but yeah, for I think it was January and February, we just tried it. It worked really well. And it gave us the idea of like, well, how else can we use this space to, con- to either have like food trucks come out or like what else can we use the space for? So like right now what we're, what we're working on is the back area, the back porch, we're actually redoing it to create kind of an outdoor seating patio. It's really hard to sit outside in the wintertime. So that's when we're, we were like, wait, it's springtime, let's do it. Uh, so we're making that back patio like, I wouldn't call it like a beer garden, but just kind of a place where if you have a conference call or if you need to go step outside, you can. Uh, and then the goal with that parking lot, so we have the way it's, the parking lot is striped, it looks like there's 10 spaces, but you can't park closest to the building without blocking yourself in. So we talked to Lee, we actually were able to keep those five spaces closest to the building. And then this uh, this summer, we're gonna like basically make a patio setting. So the think nice. of like, I don't know, backyard games of some sort. We wanna start doing music on the weekends, um, just to kind of, Bring, kind of bring people back out of, you know, uh, post-pandemic, hopefully, and kind of like sit around yeah. and just chill out. Um, and but, for those people who do still feel more comfortable outside, yeah. I think the summer's going to provide a lot of great opportunities for Yeah, them. exactly. And we're, I mean, we're just excited just to be a part of, and the same thing with the art garden, with the art garden happening on Sundays, like what can we do on our side to, so if we can do music on our parking lot, that kind of go hand in hand with what the art garden's doing. I mean, why not try it? So it yeah. should be kind of fun. And you've already had live music and mm-hmm. kind of an open mic series going yeah. already, haven't you? Yeah. So, oh man, Iris, uh, she lives across the street from us. She moved in there recently and she's a go-getter. She, so the reason I mentioned her is because she approached me a couple months ago and was like, hey, want to do open mic night? And I was like, okay, what do you, <laughs> how much do you want? And she was like, you know, let's just make it organic and just see what happens. Said, okay, high five. The first two or three not so many people showed up. But what I told her and what I tell most people that come to the shop or try to do something is like, listen, like you gotta do it at least three to four times. And like, if you're gonna do it one time, don't even do it. Like try to do it three or four times. By the third or fourth, when you start to see a little bit, you're good. If you see it decline, then pull it. Going forward, we're doing open mic from 6.30 to like nine and like 6.30 to seven is like the sign up. So now when we did it recently, two months ago, I can't remember when it was, it was a huge turnout. Um, so no longer, when the when they first did it, it was my barista, Aaron, he went up there because there's like five people in the shop. So he sang, yeah. did a couple of songs and then she did uh, open word. Uh, so now it's this organic thing of people now know something happens consistently the second Friday of every month. So kudos to her. That's great. And I know you mentioned um, some people had this concern of gentrification, mm-hmm. seeing a coffee shop come into the neighborhood. And even I think when people move in and try and renovate houses or, you know, professionals renovate houses. That's always a concern. Yeah. But one thing I really like about PH Coffee is that it's been a great place to host kind of those maybe uncomfortable conversations. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, we have people who are in there talking about small investments, like yeah. Jerusalem Farm, I know, is hosting one yeah. of their conversations mm-hmm. um, where neighbors actually get to invest mm-hmm. in small amounts, which is not something that's usually attainable. Mm-hmm. Um, we have Kansas City Design Center talking about Kessler Park, which, yeah. as we all know, is great, but could be so much better. Yeah. Um, and then the Neighborhood Association. We just, our last issue was the neighborhood issue. And we it was talked great, about, by the way. It was I so much that. fun yeah. because every neighborhood is different. Yep. You know, it's all Northeast, mm-hmm. but there's, you know, eight different philosophies, mm-hmm. hundreds of people that are putting in volunteer hours. Um, yeah, but somewhere have those conversations in person, make it yeah. like you're saying a little more organic mm-hmm. because, you know, Zoom or email sometimes doesn't get as much accomplished. Yeah. And that was kind of, so, and then you obviously mentioned a bunch of great um, groups that come in to use the space, but they, I, I use the word use, but they contribute to the space. Like they honestly do, like Belton uh, Heights Sanford Association, when we, when we were part of them or like going to their meetings, they were over at the KCU University, Kansas City University, which is, which is great. But I feel like all, at least in my personal way of saying it, like I believe all neighborhoods should have a meeting spot of their own. Uh, and so for us, with PH Coffee, that's what we wanted to do. So we knew our intention was, as soon as we we're up and running, to invite them to, you know, rent-free, basically use the space whenever they wanted it. And that's kind of our agreement is like, yeah, use the space. And I think Incremental Development Alliance uses our space for the last Monday of every month. And so the idea about it is like you'll have small conversations with like one or two people. Or we'll host like 45 people talking about like, well, how do we tackle blight? How do we, you know, take care of our homeless neighbors? How do, you know, all these conversations, some of them are, uh, not, let me say this correctly, some of them can be heated, but it's a place to exchange ideas in a comfortable setting that at least you can go talk about it and feel like you talked about it, right? Um, Like, I love seeing, I don't I think Mayor Lucas tagged us in, like, Twitter recently, and I was like, oh, yeah. But like they, him and the police chief and a couple other people, but they'll come to PH Coffee because it's that little nook and cranny away. And then even when you walk in, as you know, to PH Coffee, there's this conference room behind that's kind of secluded. And you can have like really intense conversations and no one knows you're there. And so it's kind of fun to see, oh man, I miss mama. There's mama uh, and I don't know how old she is. I don't know her first name, but I know she came from Somalia. And her name was Mama, and she used to come to us like every other day. I haven't seen her in a couple months now, but Mama would come into the shop, and everyone, my baristas, would know her order. And it was this mix nice. of like half chai, half espresso, a whole bunch of sugar. <laughs> and if you didn't do it right with her broken English, she would tell you, but she'd do it kind of with a smile too. Uh, I don't know what happened to Mama, but it's it's those things of like that small like smile from Mama. And then my baristas trying their best with broken English to, to help mama drink her drink is really fun. Now, if I can have more of those small interactions that create bigger opportunities, then that's what PH Coffee, hopefully our long time, our long-term goal is, is just a place where those conversations happen with the neighbors, you know? You know, I think I, I was a barista for about a year. And one thing that people maybe don't realize is how much of an impact you have on a barista just by sharing a few words with them yeah. every day. Mm-hmm. You know, those regulars really make a difference. Yeah. And it's, it's cool to see that kind of community building 
at pH. I love the fact that uh, most of my baristas know, either they know your order or they know your name or they know some small thing about you, but it goes both ways. Like there's an exchange where you have some customers that come in, need something and they go. Some people have a conversation, but it's really fun. All the baristas that are currently on staff, when you walk in, people typically just drop their shoulders and they're like, oh, cool. This is a fun spot, and that's what the vibe, the vibe that we're trying to create there is that no matter if you come from the right, left, middle, in regard to what spectrum on any topic you're from, if you can walk in and kind of drop your shoulders, I think that's, that's the goal. If we can do that, we'll keep going. Yeah. It's time to take a break to thank our sponsors. Shamika's Online Market in Delhi, offering catering and nationwide shipping at shamikasonline.com. Find their new deli at 16th and Swift in North Kansas City. Shamika's, where customers become friends and friends become family. From classics to campers, hot rods to hoopties, Seaberg Muffler, your exhaust headquarters since 1974. Armor Road in Burlington in North Kansas City, Missouri. And now back to the newscast. So talk a little bit more about that long term that you mentioned. Mm. Yeah, so long term, uh, <laughs> if it was like October 2019, I would have said like, oh man, we want to like create neighborhood coffee shops throughout Kansas City. Uh, just for the intention of like a neighborhood meeting spot, right? Since the pandemic, that has completely changed. And so now it's our long-term vision is to like stay open, not in a, not in a, like a pessimistic, like sad way, but like the, that was just the pandemic. It just took out so many businesses and it just took us to like, okay, how do we hyper-focus on like doing quality coffee, doing quality community events safely, how do we do this so that we can survive? And then what's our long-term appeal? And so right now, like our long-term, which is almost five years is coming up close, is A, just to be open, <laughs> just to you know, get past the pandemic and just fully be operational. And then B, look into like what else we could contribute to the community. So in five years, if, my, if I can have the back patio going, if I can have my parking lot completely going and then the weekends and during the day, I just have people that just sit and talk. I think that's a long-term goal. Uh, once we get past five years, I think it then goes into like, is there ways of doing it throughout the city organically? Um, that's kind of a long-term goal. Survive, keep going, I guess. I like it. I like it and I appreciate the long hours because it's that three o'clock when I need coffee and I'm yeah. like, okay, PH is the only one that's open. Yeah. Well, it's funny, like Elio's, um, they, we talked to them, Dan, before we opened, and I was, and I think we've, we obviously they do a great job where they're at. Uh, but one of the things they were saying is like, you know, we have to close it too. And I was like, okay, that makes sense. But something that we learned right away was like, how do we at least stay open till four? Our original goal was to stay open late at night. But when we set out that goal, we didn't have neighbors. Like we, we had a vacant building across the street. We had two apartments above us, and like it was a ghost town at five and like barely at four. And so the idea is that, and that's what we do on Fridays and Saturdays is we elongate our hours because then we roll in some, hopefully some kind of X factor, music or comedy or whatever, open mic. People but are making a trip for something. Exactly. And so yeah. the idea is that if we would love to stay open later, so everyone that hears this, if you want us to stay open later, it's just, we have to, we have to see the demand for it. And then that's when we can schedule out later because it would be fun Again, like I think you have nine to fivers, but then you have people that are just like they worked all day at their house and want to get out. So like come to PH Coffee and then tell us you want to stay open. And especially now that you offer like wine and beer and yeah. stuff, I think that's definitely an afternoon yeah. thing. Yeah, know? we definitely for the surviving the pandemic, we're like 
what should we do? Spend more money. No, it was one of those things of like, the liquor license made the most sense. Because at the time you could get like, um, I think it's still going on, but you can get like to-go liquor. Basically you can come, we put in a cup with like, make sure we're in with them, the, the, the license for it. But then you could take it home with you. We had so many neighbors that just wanted to take their drinks and go because the pandemic, you didn't want to stay. Yeah. You just want to go pick it up, walk to your house and then go sip. And the great thing about our liquor program is like, we try to highlight local beers as much as possible. We don't do a whole bunch of local wine, but we do a whole lot of uh, local distilleries, local beers, and they're fun. Kansas City has so many, so many local breweries, so many local distillers. And like most everyone that I talk to are like, yeah, you want to try this? Sure, we'll come up and we'll taste it. And then I'm like, let's put it, let's sell it to people. They'll love it. Like, who is it? East 40 from Nate. Nate lives in the neighborhood. He does East 40 Brewing. He's baller. Sorry, all my, my brain just goes to like, that's that segment of like liquor and beer. There are so many great people in it, but it's more of like the nighttime crowd. So like the coffee industry in Kansas City is great. But then at like two, everyone goes, goes yeah. you know what I mean? They're done. So then at a certain time, here comes the beer and liquor. Anyways, I No, it's really great. And it. I recently got to talk to um, Kemet Coleman about the Vine Street Brewing. And I think that's yeah. going to be a great addition to the neighborhood, also, the more things we have that attract people to the neighborhood, yeah. they can see what's here and they'll mm -hmm. stay. Yeah. You know, but you have to get them there first. Yeah. Well, I love it. I, I hope it's this year. I can't remember, but like, the Homes Tour in Pendleton Heights was pretty bomb a couple years ago. And then I know that Scared, I think, might be doing the Halloween this year. But it's. Yeah, but, let's hope so. And so it's one of those things of like, you could feel it. Like even the arts garden, like when the arts garden isn't going and no one's doing home tours and no one's doing anything, the ghost town feels ghost. But obviously I understand it coming through the pandemic myself. Um, but I think we're starting to see a light at the end of the tunnel of like people are coming out and they're, they're coming to PH Coffee to hang out with us. So it's really fun. So PH has been kind of organically growing this community for a couple of years now, um, even including like spontaneous snowball fights. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When you set out, on this project, is this at all what you envisioned? Yeah, like I think we, we definitely went into it like wanting nothing more than to be the, the, the community spot. And I know, that, I mean, a lot of coffee shops can say that, but I think for us it was like, like so I don't live in Pendleton Heights, I live uh, Washington Wheatley, and then my other, a couple of my other partners, I, yeah, Nick used to live in Pendleton Heights. Anyways, the reason I say that is a lot of people ask me, well, do you live here? And it's like, no, but I work here. Like, I legit, not only coffee shop, but I also rehab. And I love the people in the community, and I've only met like a small percentage of them, but like even doing impromptu snowball fights, like I took my daughter, I think it was a Saturday or Sunday, I took my daughter up there, posted it on uh, Instagram, and I think like eight to 12 kids came out, and so it was really fun. I got pelted so much in the face. <laughs> um, but like those impromptu things that like, I think that's a part of the community is like, if we can host or be the spot where people can like check in and then go do what they want to do, like neighborhood cleanup days and like garden days and even like cliff drive cleanup days, like all that we want to do is create that like center point where people meet up, like, hey, let's meet up at PH Coffee and grab a drink and then go do all the things we want to do. Um, that's kind of the goal of it. I mean, if we can keep doing snowball fights, I would love it. It'd be great. So how do strong businesses influence neighborhoods? And then kind of on the flip side, how do neighborhoods support businesses. Yeah, I think it's just uh, the idea of listening to each other and like really asking questions of like, hey, how can we help you? Um, because there's a lot of small businesses obviously that have gone under or going under. 
Uh, there's a lot of neighborhoods that probably can say the same thing of like, whether it be like the housing market's crazy and like people are moving, whatever it is. But I think if, if both small business and neighbors can just meet and just talk to each other, I think that's where it all starts. Like I, I think what was a couple of years ago, I say a couple of years ago, a couple of months ago, uh, I was hearing people want food options and it was really hard for pH coffee to do that. And I was like, well, what can we do? And so then I got a panini press. I'm like, I can make breakfast burritos. And that, and I was like, someone, I sent out a survey to like the neighborhood association, a bunch of people, and they all wanted breakfast sandwiches. I was like, well, I can't do a breakfast sandwich, but I can do a breakfast burrito. So I was able to, like, again, through conversation, through just people letting me know, I was able to do, provide something that people were asking me to provide. Now, I know uh, everyone wanted a restaurant across the street from us. I love the nonprofits that are there. They're great. But it was funny because everyone came in and was like, no restaurant. <laughs> but the idea is like we're listening to that and we're asking ourselves, well, can we do something with the social gallery in the future? The answer is yes. And it's just figuring out, having conversations with people like, hey, what makes sense? Yeah. But, uh, but uh, I think the only way small business uh, survives is by listening really well to the neighborhood. And that it comes down to dollars and cents. I mean, everyone votes with their dollars. So like, you know, if you're having people come in and they're buying your chai lattes and that's your number one seller, that means they want the chai lattes right. to take off the menu. <laughs> How has filling that space across the street um, kind of changed the vibe of the neighborhood? You know, your building was vacant for a long time uh -huh. and then that went across the street even longer. Yeah, so they've changed, they changed the game in the best way possible because like being the lone business in that area definitely sucked. I think we got hit, we've gotten hit six times, meaning either break-in or robbery or something. And so since we've had our neighbors, we haven't been hit, which is great, knock on wood. Um, but it's one of those things of like, when you create spaces for people to occupy, whether it's like nine to five or whether it's like, you know, residents or whatever it is, the crime, at least what we are experiencing, dissipated because now there's so many eyes and there's so many ears and there's so many iPhones, there's so many cameras. And so the idea, the last time that PH Coffee got hit was in the middle of the night, five o'clock in the morning, two guys with a beat up truck, broke our window, stole a bunch of liquor, because we didn't have cash at the time. And then they ran away. And the only video I got was my video footage and then my landlord who lived above us, his video footage. So since then, like having our two nonprofits across the way, A, they're really friendly, uh, which is great because it's kind of like, hey, welcome, we're in this together. And then our, you know, our neighbors across the street who live in the apartments, it just, it doesn't make you feel so alone anymore, which is really nice. And actually this interview, we're sitting at Transit Coffee, which is in Midtown. Um, and we're here today because you were testing out some new recipes. Is yeah. there anything we can look forward to at PH? Yeah, so, um, yes, um, I can't tell you what they are, meaning... So basically we have these breakfast burritos and the idea is like, well, how do we make something that's not just, okay, cool. We are giving you, you know, breakfast burrito, but how can we make it really baller? Um, sorry. That's my, my fun <laughs> word of the I month like apparently. Um, but like, yeah, so today literally I'm testing out taking our burritos and elevating them as, as much as I can, keeping the price the same, but just like increasing the quality that's in them. Uh, we're gonna try out doing avocado toast on the weekends, but I'm still trying to work out like, how do I do that with only a panini press? <laughs> um, but that's the thing is like, going into the summertime where there's a lot more people in the shop, 
I can test out ideas and my crew who's really passionate about food and coffee can tell me, yeah, people are asking for this and people are asking for that. So yeah, basically I'm upping my burritos. I'm uh, hopefully doing avocado toast, specifically with the art garden. May and Bethany got on me last year. She's <laughs> like, can you please do food on the weekends? I'm hungry. And I'm like, I can try. So this year we're going to try. That's great. And what's the story behind Transit Coffee? Because yeah. I know maybe a lot of people in Northeast haven't made it down here yet. Yeah, so um, Transit Coffee was basically Nick and myself, who you know were also owners of PH Coffee. So Oddly Correct has been a staple in Midtown forever. So we're literally sitting where Oddly Correct used to be, 3940 Main. And so they had an opportunity and purchased the building that could host their roasting and all that jazz nice. down on Truth, which is great for them. And so then when I heard that this place was basically, I thought they're going to have like two locations, but it was like, no, that's their location. I was like, oh, I want that. Uh, and so Nick and I talked and like, well, how do we make it work? And so we're like, so we, we tag teamed with a couple people. We basically opened Transit Coffee, as you see here, and then construction hit. Um, meaning like we knew the streetcar is coming, but glory be, uh, like they are ripping up the streets and like reinforcing everything. So when the streetcar that weighs, you know, thousands of pounds doesn't crush everything below it. Um, and so since then, Transit Coffee actually, when this podcast airs, will no longer be serving coffee. Uh, we're actually going to go to like ghost kitchen, special events. Um, we're going to try to do community events, like ticketed ones down here. And the reason being is same thing with business and pandemic is like, because there's so much construction, we have to reinvent ourselves a little bit to make sure that we're doing things that people are actually wanting. Uh, and right now they're not quite wanting a coffee shop only sure. because they can't access it. Right. But when that streetcar does come. Oh man. <laughs> I think for us, it's one of those things of like, if Nick and I are like, if we can hold on and we can make this amount of money and we can wait until like four years, it's 2025. I think when the streetcar oh is coming, but like basically the streetcar is going to land right there, which is great. And then I don't know if you heard about this project, but like the drugstore was recently sold cats building. Uh, and they started doing renovations on it. And I don't, I don't know the ins and outs. All I know is that there's going to be residential units, which is great for a coffee shop. Yeah. So yeah, the plan is same thing with pH coffee and transit coffee is to use the model at pH coffee in Midtown and create a community space because I think, well, we have a couple coffee shops down the street from us, but like within this walking distance, there's nothing really, you can, there's nowhere you can go. Um, so we're going to hunker down and think, think the best thoughts and keep going. So that's transit coffee. That's great. Anything else you want to add about pH upcoming events? I know we kind of yeah. covered the community event, yeah. but it seems like you've got stuff all the time. Yeah. I mean, if I can do shameless plugs, I'm all about it. Um, <laughs> so we're, we're really driving in. So obviously the art garden is starting this week, sorry, starting April 3rd and running through October, I believe every Sunday from 10 to four. So definitely hang out with them. They're great. Uh, and then what we're trying to do for the for the rest of the year is the first weekend, the Friday, Saturday, and Sunday is do community events. Basically, the Friday night, so we partnered with, we're partnering with local artists, so people that want to put up their art and have like a gallery for like two months, they have an opportunity to do it at PH Coffee and the Social Gallery, and we're trying to get them to come on Friday nights to be there and like talk about their art. And so then even on the Saturday and Sunday, like how do we get our neighbors, local distillers and breweries to come up and like do tastings? How do we get people that are doing like really great bread and really great stuff come to our shop and be that spot where people can go? So we're really trying to create with the community event, a place where our neighbors can literally get out of bed, walk down the street, be like, cool, I can try ABC and D. Um, 
And I mean, I think the other thing that we're trying for that we're like literally just open that conversation as a co-working space is like, how do we use PH Coffee for our business community? And like, how what what can we add to our list of assets that can give them like, hey, it'd be really fun if I could have this business meeting here, but then have access to printing or like event space and all that. Um, anyone that wants to do anything, like whether it's events, we're hosting a wedding in November. Oh, nice. She's in the neighborhood. Oh my gosh. She came in with her fiance the other day and she was like, what would it take for <laughs> us to have a wedding here? And I was like, well, let me crunch some numbers. That's awesome. So we're like closing down the shop at like 2 PM on a Saturday in November. And they're basically getting married in the social gallery and reception pH coffee. And I'm thrilled about it. Cause I'm like, That's yes, great. that'd be awesome. But my thing with PH Coffee is we're meant to be and we're always going to be a community space. Like even tonight, oh, I can't remember what day this is, but we're, we're hosting two events. Uh, and one of the events we're able to do because a volunteer from Pelham Heights Neighborhood Association, Linda Fleischman, was able to volunteer her time for this group to meet because the, the group that's meeting in a social gallery didn't quite have the funds to like rent it out. So we were able to partner with them and the Pelham Heights Neighborhood Association to get someone to volunteer their time to help a group just use the space for it. So I think for us at PH Coffee, yes, profit is, we need to make profit. You need to be a profitable business, but also don't lose yourself in that. So as long as we can keep doing that, and if anyone out there wants to do any kind of event at all, let me know. Um, info at ph.coffee is my email address. Um, but yeah, it's my shameless plug. You're welcome. That's great. Well, it's been great getting to know you and learn behind the scenes of PH Coffee, and we're excited to see all the events that are coming up this spring and summer. Awesome. Thank you so much for having us. I really appreciate it. And thank you once again to our sponsors, Shemeika's Online Market in Delhi and Seaburg Mufflers. For all our Northeast Newscast episodes, articles, and more, visit northeastnews.net. As we continue our 90-year tradition of delivering free newspapers to Northeast residents, now you can help the Northeast News continue to produce community journalism directly by joining us on Patreon at patreon.com slash northeastnewskc. In exchange, we hope to offer our Patreon subscribers access to exclusive content. For all our episodes, articles, and more, visit northeastnews.net.